God or slavery? 1 Samuel chapter 8, December 23rd, 2021. We will have God or we will have slavery. This is a pertinent word for our chains are getting quite heavy. Just ask the Californians who have recently been subjected to yet another mask mandate. If we do not like the shackles, then we should turn away from the tyrant and swear allegiance to the king who liberates. This is what Israel failed to do in 1 Samuel chapter 8, and it is a lesson for us all. The text. A summary. The prophet Samuel had grown old and his sons perverted justice for money. That's verse 1 through 4. The previous chapter spoke of God defeating his enemies and Samuel ruling Israel well. But many years have passed and Samuel is now old. The comforting scene of the last chapter is gone. The elders gathered together to Samuel at Ramah, where they asked for a king. Verse 4 and following. The request itself was no sin. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, God said that Israel could have a king, but he couldn't be a foreigner or multiply for himself military, marriages, or money. So Israel's problem was not asking for a king, it was asking for a king, like all the nations. Verse 5 and verse 20. Samuel was displeased about this request from the elders and prayed to the Lord. Verse 6. But God responded with these devastating words. Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7. God added that Samuel must warn Israel what a tyrant their king like the nations would be. Verse 9. The message was clear. This king would take. Samuel told them, quote, He will take your sons, he will take your daughters, he will take your fields, he will take the tenth of your seed, he will take your men servants and your maid servants, he will take the tenth of your sheep. Verse 11 through 17. Samuel added that they would eventually call out to God because of their tyrant king, but the Lord would not hear them in that day. Having been warned, Israel told Samuel that they wanted a king like the nations anyway, and God gave them just that, starting at home. Many things could be said about this passage. Israel rejected God as king, and these United States have by and large rejected him as king also. Israel suffered tyranny as a result, and tyranny is on the rise in increasing measure in our land. These parallels are on the surface and hard to miss. But American evangelicals, those who see the tyranny and are not fans, must make the connection between what we evangelicals have done and Gavin Newsom's power trips. In other words, we are very good at identifying threats out there in the world and guarding against them making their way into the church, but we are not as keen to see the reverse, the bad practices that Christians have exported to the world. If we want to clean up the world, then we need to start by cleaning up our own home. No imaginary king. One of the chief sins of American evangelicalism is reducing the lordship of Christ to a dream. Jesus is no imaginary king, and his kingdom is not a shadow. He is a real king, and his kingship involves all of life. Abraham Kuyper explains how things went awry. Quote, The words kingdom, kingship, and king were no longer understood as realities, but only in a figurative sense. In reality, there was no kingdom. People merely spoke of it figuratively as a kingdom. In reality, Jesus was no king, but he was figuratively given this honorific title. Nevertheless, this conflicts entirely with what Scripture depicts for us prophetically in the Old Testament and historically in the New. This spiritualization crept imperceptibly into our circle as well. 
This spiritualization crept imperceptibly into our circles as well and was the cause for the widespread waning of the glory of Jesus' kingship. Many evangelicals have been raised in just such an environment. They understood the kingdom of Christ to be but an ethereal mist. Jesus was only a spiritual king who ruled over spiritual things. Life was compartmentalized into the watertight categories of sacred and secular. From that vantage point, you cannot help but reject God as king in favor of a king like the nations. Yes, God will rule certain things in your life, but he will not rule all things. He rules the things that belong under his dominion, but the other things of life are under the sway of a different power. The truth, however, is that all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. And when Jesus tells us that all authority belongs to him, he means just that, all authority. You cannot find an authority or power that is not under his authority. It follows that all of your life must bow to this very real king. He rules over your education, vocation, politics, economics, and a thousand more things. We have to learn to be Christian all the way down, from the east to the setting of the sun. If we don't, then we will find ourselves with many more kings like the nations, and they will take, take, take. 